Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to the GeForce Podcast, a show for car enthusiasts by car enthusiasts. What's more important, the destination or the journey? Well, for me, that depends on a lot of things. I know that's an easy cop-out answer, but let's take a look at it this way. If I was planning my dream vacation, for me, it would revolve around the journey. And specifically, that'd be a road trip. In the age of frequent flyer status and lounge access, you know, air travel really seems to be the easy and most logical choice for most people, and especially when they're planning for their vacation. Not only can you be on vacation mode essentially as soon as you cross security, you know, if we ignore flight delays, which it's a bold claim, but yeah, you're in vacation mode almost immediately, you have no real responsibilities, you can travel thousands of miles in a few hours, and while well, oceans, mountains, all of these are no longer real obstacles between you and your dream destination, I mean, all of this just adds up in the favor of air travel being the logical and reasonable way to design your dream vacation. I've been fortunate enough to travel by air on numerous occasions, and if I ignore my pseudo-amateur av-geekiness, I don't have too many spectacular memories of flying. Sure, there's the time I got an upgrade, unexpected upgrade on my flight. And of course, you know, I've got the other time when uh, I got pulled aside and questioned by European security, which was a lot of fun. But on the whole, most air travel experiences now just include sitting in a crammed space, eating barely edible food while spending the whole time either trying to sleep or binging half-decent movies. You get on a plane and are just anxious to get to your final destination. That's it. Road trips, on the other hand, are a non-stop adventure. From the moment you slam the trunk closed and start your engine, or Tesla I guess now, you're on a vacation mode, just like on flying. I mean, sure, unlike flying, you're gonna have a lot more responsibilities, you're gonna have a lot more work to do, and you're asked to actually drive to get there, and you can't just rely on someone else to get you to your final you know, destination, your dream spot, but you won't have to be crammed in like sardines with hundreds of strangers. You'll also have the freedom to, you know, stop and get out, stretch your legs, and take in the scenery. And plus, food on the ground is significantly better than in the air. But I think the most important strength of the road trip is the memories you'll make. Stopping at different tourist spots, taking in the peace and serenity of nature reserves and national parks, or seeing some historical landmarks, I mean, there's an endless array of things to see. That's not even, you know, factoring in the music you get to listen to, or the conversations you get to have, or like the actual driving experience and the memories you get from that. With the, the road trip itself, you're not just being anxious to get to your destination. You get to keep the excitement of that destination in mind, you know, always important, but you're also building on with adding amazing experiences on the way there. Now, as a car enthusiast, I need to take the road trip concept and take it, you know, way too far by building my perfect car experience. Let's focus on the most important thing, the car. For me, 
my road trip machine would have to hit several key criteria. First, it'd have to be real fun to drive. That's really, really important to me. Second thing is it would have to be big enough to carry two to three bags, at least. I'm, I'm not the lightest packer. Third thing would be it'd be good to have another companion. Um, I think dogs definitely count as a companion here. And kind of the cherry on the top would be having that manual transmission because race car. I should also factor in running costs and well, the cost of the car itself, but this is my dream car and we're going to assume that money is no objection here. So let's start with the most important thing, something that's fun to drive. For me, there's no point driving a car that doesn't even have a hint of fun to it. Driving should incorporate at least four senses. And if you're including taste in your experience, I am slightly concerned. Just slightly. That means it's got to be at least a bit fast. Have an intoxicating soundtrack. Smell good. You know, I'm thinking like the smell of burning rubber as opposed to burning clutches. It's got to have some good steering and good shifting. And it's got to be damn good to look at. Well, feature number one for this, you know, the fun factor. A great way to achieve that is to have a car with a great engine. Something that's powerful, something that's got a great soundtrack, something that helps keep the car going forward, gives you a good feel. For me, the minimum in this case, for in terms of engine size, would be a six-cylinder engine. But let's go all the way up to the king, a V12. A lot of luxury cars use V12s because it's a lot smoother. So that's a really nice added bonus there. Given that, you know, kind of working with Fun Factor here, uh, indicating that, you know, I want to go V12 for my engine, it's kind of really putting me into uh, getting a European car for this trip. Now let's shift into like the first real world criteria, uh, storage and luggage space. As much fun as it would be to take like a Ferrari F50 on the most epic road trip, in that situation I'd need to have you know a chase car to follow me with my bags, and also with a masseuse to fix my back after each day of driving. Practicality, or at least like you know some practicality, writes off the supercar completely. Fortunately, car manufacturers build something called a GT car, a Grand Tour. These cars are designed to be driven for lots of miles at a time and go on a grand tour, a road trip essentially. The recipe, a big and powerful engine up front, a proper trunk out in the back, and something that's comfortable to sit in and drive for hours at a time. The other category I see here is also the performance sedan and the executive luxury car. Both are very comfortable, can be engaging to drive, and definitely hit the practical size in terms of luggage space, so that also works as a candidate. The next real world criteria is being able to carry companions, either human or canine, or both. As much fun as it would be to go out for a solo drive, just you in the car, and you tearing through mile after mile after mile on open roads, it's always a good idea to bring someone along with you. Gotta have a great conversation, someone to engage with, take pictures for you, and also, really importantly, keep you awake. 
because sometimes those road trips get to be really long. For me, looking at a car itself, it doesn't make sense to take more than three other people with you. It just gets too crammed, it gets uncomfortable, there's too much complaining, and there's too many people involved at that point. I'm not a fan of taking an SUV on a, my dream road trip. It just doesn't really seem to hit any of the key criteria for the fun factor itself. Um, I mean, you can make the argument that there are a few fun SUVs out there, but overall, that realm of the auto industry really does not do it for me. So I think 1 and 2 is kind of actually the prime spot for my dream road trip. Uh, 1 and 2 companions, you know. Not more than one uh, two-legged companion, and to be honest, not more than one four-legged companion. Now, if you look at this, you know, based off the previous requirements, I want a V12, probably going to go European with that. Something comfortable, it's good to drive, it's practical, has storage space. Gonna have to go with either a luxury sedan or a performance sedan or a Grand Tour. If I'm gonna go with one or two companions, you know what? Let's go back and bring this fun factor in. I'm gonna want something that's really good looking, it's relatively light or, you know, fun to drive. The Grand Tour edges out here over the sedan itself. It being, you know, quicker better looking in most sedans. I think the Grand Tour really is the right way to go, especially one from Europe with a V12. And now we come back to the cherry on top. My dream road trip machine would have to come with three pedals. There's just something so damn special about using a clutch and a shifter to change gears yourself. No computer to tell you what to do. It's just you, the machine, it's so analog. And there's, some sad, there's so much satisfaction out of that experience. One of the biggest things that I love and I crave is just taking a car out and running it through its gear, shifting up and down when I want to and not when a computer tells me to shift up and down. There's the satisfaction, of course, of being able to do something yourself, put in some work, and get some really fun results. Now, I know a lot of modern cars have better, arguably, transmissions that are automatics, they're faster, you're allowed to be a little more lazy or a lot more lazy when you're driving, but this is a road trip. It's about building memories, and you know what? Putting in a little bit of work when you're driving, putting in a little bit of effort when you're driving, that goes so far in terms of building memories. One other kind of side note about having a manual transmission, you're less likely to wake up to a stolen car, uh, especially in North America. Now, based on this very thorough analysis, I've narrowed down my dream road machine to two very credible options. Ferrari's lineup of front-engine V12 manual Grand Tours, or Aston Martins. Being more specific, I'd have to choose between the Ferrari 599 GTB with a manual, which is a very rare and exotic machine, or Aston Martins DB9 with a manual. A slightly less rare, but still very appealing and exotic option. Now for the Ferrari, the 599 is a great machine. It has a fantastic V12 engine that's basically the same engine from the Enzo itself. Um, and it did come with a gated six-speed manual. A very rare option, not many of them exist. The reason why I'd go with the 599 is it's the most modern Ferrari V12 Grand Tour that you can get with a manual transmission. And there is space behind the two front seats for if you want to bring a third companion. Um, you know, not necessarily recommended, so it would probably be gearing towards having just one other companion. 
there is a good amount of luggage space and it, it sounds incredible, drives incredible, it's a brilliant machine that could be very capable on the track or on the road itself. Now for Aston Martin, I'm picking the DB9, which, to be completely honest, is not the best Aston Martin out there, but it's an absolutely incredible machine, especially when you pair it with the manual transmission. That V12 and that uh, DB9 is a very special and very incredibly sounding good um, engine. The exhaust note on that is absolutely intoxicating, and if you don't believe me, go watch any you know movies, action movies, where you can hear that, and it's just absolutely incredible. The DB9 specifically, though, the reason why I'm picking that, it does come with rear seats. So it's, even though it's a two-door car, it comes with the two seats in the front and then two seats in the back. So you really could fit the idea of having two companions with you on this, which is great. Again, lots of luggage space. I'd go with a hardtop in this scenario. I prefer hardtop cars. Um, and it would just be so much fun to drive and go with. So both of these are really capable, really exciting options and way, way outside of any budget I have in the real world. So we'll ignore budget and all of that. How do you choose between the two of these here? That's really tough. Both sound incredible. Both have that fun factor through the roof. Both be equally comfortable pretty much anywhere in the world in terms of a road trip. Uh, both are comfortable. They fit a lot of your bags. Uh, all the useless junk you'll pick up on the road trip as well will fit in there. You can bring someone else along and they both come with that sweet, sweet manual transmission. I don't know how to decide. I guess it's going to have to come down to the tiebreaker. Which one would James Bond choose?